Utah and Washington face off in a battle of top 25 teams. Who will emerge victorious? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes and Locked On Huskies. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Huskies your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. My name is JT Wistoso, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined for this one by the host of Locked On Huskies in Roman Tomashoff. And Roman, I, I think this has a chance to be a really fun matchup, but I do want to say this episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. And with Prize Picks, you're talking about a, a company that allows you to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fee, fantasy sports made easy. Roman, I think the biggest storyline when you're talking about this game is can Utah beat Washington on the road? My answer to that would be Utah should probably not, but this is a good enough team under Kyle Whittingham, and defensively they do some really nice things. They've gotten just enough out of their offense where I think they're a tough out for any team they played. Yes, it did not go their way against Oregon, but I'm not betting against Utah. It's going to be incredibly tough for them to win this game against a team that's more than likely going to be in the college football playoff come the end of the season, but... I just don't count on Utah, because, especially because of the way they do. Run deep, run the ball well, try to keep that Washington offense on the field, and we know what this Utah defense can do too. So I think Utah has a shot still. JT, I totally agree with you there. That's that's the biggest thing is I never will I, I will never under any circumstances count on a Kyle Whittingham team. Just mm-hmm. as as long as I live, that is that is one thing I will never ever do. And it's it's exactly that, right? It's run the football, it's play good defense, and keep Michael Penix and this explosive husky offense on the sidelines. One thing I wrote over on Inside the Huskies uh is the Utes don't have the offense that can compete with Washington if this game turns into a shootout. Oh. And because if that happens, <laughs> this this game is going to be over really quickly and, and it, it gets out of hand really, really fast. Like but, the Oregon game did for Utah. Exactly. Where if they can't run the ball, which is something I do have questions about, like can Washington defend the run? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that the, the, the one thing, and I, I know we'll get more, more into that, but I think that they can absolutely find a way to win this game because that's just, they're so well coached. I think Kalen DeBoer is getting right up there as the best coach of this conference at just at the end of his second season, because the one guy that I would just say, because he has such a much longer track record at this level is Kyle Whittingham. And then you kind of get in this tier two of PAC 12 coaches of Lincoln Riley. And it's not even a tier two, right? It's like a one, a one B kind of thing where it's kind of crazy to think about that. Kyle Whittingham is just like one of the senior coaches in the conference at this point. So it's, it's wild. Like I, 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 it, you thought it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's kind of a thing at this point, but yeah, as long as they're there, they absolutely can win this game. I don't know if they will, but they, they're, they absolutely have a shot to, to make it a fight against the Huskies. Utah has a lot of injuries, and I think some people know about them, some probably don't. But I think the big thing is you look at it, is you're like, oh, there's been no Cam Rising. And it's like, yeah, there's no Cam Rising. But Utah has continued to win games. I mean, even in the season opener, you beat a team like Florida. Are the Gators outstanding this year? No, but Gators were a team that was pretty close to full strength. And even though it was on the road, you did think without your starting quarterback, like 
Florida would probably win that game. That's not the case. Same thing that happened against USC, right? Utah continues to find ways to win. And I think when you're talking about Bryson Barnes, you're talking about a game manager. So if Utah is able to run the ball effectively, if receivers are creating separation, and if he's given time in the pocket, a balanced offense, and given the opportunity, he will make throws. Yes, he's missed guys at times on the season, but there's a reason this Utah team has continued to be effective. They really beat Arizona State bad last week, 55-3. to It was Bryson's arguably his best game he's played of his career. I might still go the USC one just for some of the big-time plays he made. And Bryson's smart, too. He doesn't just make plays with his arms. He's not the most athletic runner, but he's incredibly tough and does a good job scrambling and getting some of those extra tough yards for Utah there. I mentioned that Arizona State game, Roman, for Utah, and that was a game Arizona State for Washington didn't really go their way. Same thing with kind of the Stanford game. So I think a lot of Utah fans look at the Washington team because of those two games and go, okay, maybe they can be had. What do you think the reason was that you guys struggled in those games, despite having really good wins against teams like Oregon, obviously all the other teams you've taken care of business of, and most recently what you did to USC in the Coliseum? Yeah. So I think a lot of it does come down to just the fact that there there have been so many illnesses on this team Uh that went on over a couple of weeks where just against Stanford and against Arizona State that the team just was not healthy we're like there there have been a whole lot of injuries on this washington team too they're down at least three or four starters from where they were supposed to be uh coming into the year so i think that that's that's one thing and you kind of push that off to the side at a certain point when you know that all those guys are out for the season but there was a flu going around in the locker room for a couple of weeks that just made things really really tough and you could kind of see just it wearing on people just especially uh, like Michael Penix, it hit him really, really hard. And you saw it in the Arizona state game. You can still see it in the Stanford game. And then coming back against USC, you could really finally see like, yeah, this is, this is him getting back to himself. And Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator admitted as much. He said, yeah, this is the healthiest I've seen Michael Penix in almost two weeks before the, the USC game. So I think that that's, that, that's going to be really big and kind of, is it an excuse? No, but is it sort of an explanation for why, they didn't really seem to live up to this Kalen DeBoer super disciplined, high flying offense, and especially in that Arizona State game. Mm-hmm. I think another question, Roman, just talking about this game in general, is there is this perception right now. I think a lot of people are saying, like, yes, Oregon beat the brakes off of Utah, but there's also a lot of people who think Oregon is better than Washington too. And I know you guys own the head to head win. I can even see in your eyes right now. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you jump in on that in a second. But I think that's also why maybe Utah fans in general and some of us are like, okay, we're talking ourselves into a Utah win here because it's like, well, Oregon might be the better team right now, anyways. To the, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I think that way. I just say that exists out there to, to that. You say what? Oh, Washington won the game. Like, they, they they had a chance to run away with that game too, uh, especially they were they were up by eleven points and then then had two three and outs which with some somewhat questionable play calling which you know it, it but they, they they were up by two scores and had a chance to add on to that and they didn't and it turned into just one of the most spectacular games I've ever seen just fantastic environment mm-hmm. to be a part of but I think that Oregon has has been really impressive. But one thing that Washington has done to this point, and Oregon, of course, is playing USC this weekend, so thing the this argument could be a little bit different. But Washington has played the tougher schedule so far. Washington's played better teams, yes. just in terms of they they've got more ranked wins than the the win over Arizona looks better and better each week. Really and Oregon's defense is really good. I'm not not knocking them in any way, shape, or form. But Washington is number five for a reason, and right now, and they beat. 
Oregon for a reason. And one thing that I would that I would credit that to is I am taking Kalen DeBoer over Dan Lanning ten times out of ten. Ten times out of ten, I like Dan. I like both those coaches a lot. Why? Why I ten times too. out of ten? Uh, it's everything. As as somebody who's gotten a chance to just be around the program and cover this team mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. Uh, especially just kind of seeing what the culture was like before Kalen DeBoer and his staff got here. That dude is not only a genius when it comes to installing an offense and everything he's done there, but he has built such a wonderful, phenomenal culture in less than two years. It is truly incredible to watch and just see how, how easy it was for every player to buy in. And for every single player to just say, yes, I'm going to play my heart out for this guy and for these coaches. And it all starts with Kalen DeBoer and everything that he's done, because we've seen such a major turnaround, uh, just uh, of course on the field, but it all starts with what he's able to do off the field and how he's been just been able to get that, that buy-in. And of course, as I said, the offense is unbelievable. It's fantastic. That helps a lot of things. Michael Penix helps a lot of things, but I just, if I were a football player and I just, I heard that guy just talk about anything, just not even related to football. I'd just say, yes, you are the kind of person that I want to play for. Yeah. I definitely get that vibe from just all the interviews and everything I watch, watch with him. And you know, this in some ways game could be a passing of the torch of Washington right now, the the favorite, I believe to win the PAC 12 championship. And look, Utah's won the last two. So, you know, beat Utah. If you guys go on to win it as well, this is kind of the, the passing of the torch in some ways there, but you know, beating a Utah team is easier said than done as we also are going to continue to discuss in the next segment when we look at some of the matchups in this game. But first I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Huskies in this special crossover. It's our friends at Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for the connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for prescriptions. And this is possible because our friends at Jace Medical, you can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12 month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code locked on. That's all cap, or excuse me, that's no spaces locked off the L and locked on capitalized the O capitalized and locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered to you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Roman coming back into this one. Talk about the matchups in the game, the key to the game. I think what I look at for Utah here is, look, Michael Penix is a really good quarterback. And what do I mean by a really good quarterback? I think he's going to be in New York and could very well be winning the Heisman. I'm that high on him. I think he has an NFL future too. And not as a backup, I think he's a starter. And I'd love to see him work his way into the first round conversation. That's how high. And I think Michael Penix can be that good potentially. But just like any quarterback, if you can get pressure on him, that's your best chance of success. Utah has Jonah Ellis, who no one in Power 5 football has more sacks than. They have guys like Connor O'Toole, Van Fillinger, good complimentary pieces. They have pretty good defense 
defensive tackles too do a good job holding up the running game and creating that interior push so there's nowhere to step up into the pocket. And that's not even talking about the Morgan Scally blitzes that Utah brings with their safeties and athletic linebackers that are able to get home. I think the key to Utah winning this game is they have to pressure Michael Penix because if you get a pressure, that's the best chance you have of turning him over. And I trust this Utah offense a lot more with a short field than I do them repeatedly having to drive 80 yards down the field. I, I, I could agree with you more there. And so I think that that one thing that kind of gets overlooked at times because it's just kind of been so solid at this point is Washington's offensive line. Washington's offensive yes. line is fantastic. And it all starts with the tackles. Troy Fautano at left tackle and Roger Rosengarten. They're both future NFL players. And then one dude who has just been an emergence this year is redshirt freshman center Parker Brailsford. Parker Brailsford has been one of the best safeties in America. Excuse me, not safety centers. I get, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself here, yeah. uh, but he's been been one of the best centers in America. And I I do believe that he deserves a spot on the freshman All American team when it's all said and done at the end of the year. He's been that good. There's some talented guard too, and I think that one thing that the Huskies have just done so well is just keep Michael Penix upright despite some yeah. of these big blitzes because they got some big bodies in there. They've got tight ends that can block. They got running backs that can block. Is if you're if you can't pass block, you're not going to get on the field in Ryan Grubb's offense. It's just, it's that simple. And I think that the Huskies are able to, um, they're, they're going to be able to just kind of negate the pressure at times. The question is, if Morgan Scally does some of those, send some of those big blisters up the middle, what's going to happen? Because that's where we've seen the Huskies have trouble over the last couple of weeks. But on the other side of that, that are now kind of getting healthier at the position uh, with right guard Julius Bulow, who missed six weeks due to a, a high ankle sprain. He returned against Stanford, looked pretty good, looked a lot better against USC. And now that he seems to be getting back closer to 100%, that that's going to be really helpful. But JT, one of my questions for you is the, the, the reverse of that is Utah's offensive line against Washington's defensive line. Because the Huskies have some dude that, that can get after the passer. The sacks aren't necessarily necessarily there, but Braylon Trice has been one of the comp, uh, not not just the conference, but one of the country's leading just pressure getters this season. Zion Tupelo-Fatui is awesome. He can rush the passer in sports. They got some young guys. Play last week too. Yeah, and they've got some some young guys who are getting after it on the edge too. That they're they're not getting a ton of snaps, but they're really exciting. And then some of the interior guys can can collapse the pocket at times. We haven't seen it very mm-hmm. consistently just yet, but I think that uh. That is going to be where one of my biggest focuses in this game. I just love the hustle and energy your defensive tackles played with against Caleb Williams. Like you, you know, you have to try to do your best to try to sack your tackle him. He's yeah. just so elusive. Sometimes you're just not going to be able to do it, but I love the effort they, they got after it with. And yeah, you know, that has been an issue for Utah at times this season is like against Oregon. There was pressure that affected Bryson throughout that game. And, and it's the same thing with a backup quarterback, especially even more so than a guy like Penix, right? Like if you get pressure in, Bryson Barnes's face, he's been liable to turn the ball over. It's what happened against USC through a pick six against Oregon was rolling out to his right one time and, and threw an interception, same kind of thing there. So I think it's definitely something the Huskies will want to do. And the nice thing for Utah is, you know, you, we talked about the other side, like Jonah Ellis going against some of the elite tackles there to me, that's best on best. Jonah Ellis probably going to get back there. Sometimes Michael Penix going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. There's also going to be times where it's like, dang, why does Michael Penix have five seconds to throw? And it's like, well, because those are NFL tackles. Jonah Ellis is going against. So best on best winning back and forth. Washington's defensive ends in particular clearly have an edge over Utah's tackles. Even, and I like Satawa Laumea, Utah's right tackle. He's a first team all conference guy. His NFL future is at guard. And I think that shows in pass protection more than anything else. But what Utah's done a lot of this year is they've had six, seven, I've even 
seen eight-man protections at times this season to try to give Bryson the time needed to make those throws. So if I am Utah, wherever Trice is lining up at in particular, because as you mentioned, the sacks can be such a, a foolhardy stat. I think Jonah Ellis, you look at his sacks, they're earned. But a lot of guys will have high sack season, and it's like, ah, oh, that's not really because of their production in particular, hence why Trice isn't high up there. I'm chipping Trice wherever he is, even if he's on whatever side with the tight end. It's just really hard to get home after you get chipped as well, just with the timing of everything that yeah. happens. So that's what I'm doing if I'm Utah in that scenario. And then, yeah, you got a running back back there for a reason too, trying to help and make sure that they can block up front. So that's what I'm doing if I'm Utah. And I, I do think that Utah will be able to keep Bryson upright for most of the game, but I, I could definitely see a world where the Huskies get home with, with three sacks in this one. And before I throw it back to you, Roman, I actually wanted to go back to your Washington offensive line point. You mentioned most people haven't been giving them credit. Kyle Whittingham called this Washington offensive line the best they've faced so far this season coming into the game. So he they definitely got his attention on film. I was I was actually hoping you would say that just to throw shade at at, at Oregon who we who, who, who we talked yeah. about earlier because I just I wanted to make sure we got that in there. I'm very glad you mentioned that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. And I think another thing that uh, my co-host Lars Hansen and I talked about over on mm-hmm. uh, Lockdown Huskies is we discussed Utah's secondary, where mm-hmm. I love some guys that Utah's put in the NFL, Jalen Johnson, Clark Phillips. They put so many talented players out there, and I like this Utah secondary a lot. But I don't know if it's necessarily the secondary of years past. And mm-hmm. you have to defend guys like Jeremy Bernard, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze, uh, maybe Jalen McMillan. We'll see if he's able yeah, to. Play. Yeah, he's he's still questionable according to Kalen DeBoer. We'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where, where he, can, he can take one more week off. It's okay, you know. We just want to get we want to get him healthy for the stretch run the rest of the season. He, no, he absolutely. I mean, it's not like you said. I mean, it's not like the cover's empty exactly with all the other guys you just listed right. off. Like you guys have been okay without him. <laughs> no, it's it's exactly that. I don't know if uh, one thing that that I, I said to my my co-host Lars was. I don't know if there's one guy, and to be fair, there are like maybe two guys, and maybe three in all of America that you would trust on an island against Roma Dunze. And I think that's exactly Gene, Kalen King, and Kool-Aid McKinstry. Where I think those are the kind of dudes mm-hmm. where you can say, yeah, yes. that, that's the kind of guy I'd trust one-on-one against Rome. But I don't know if Utah, are, are they going to try some rolling coverages? Because you can't do that with Jalen Polk on the other side of the field too, who's just been spectacular all season long. I think that's where this gets tough for Utah is I look at the Oregon game and I didn't see a lot of coverage busts per se. I just saw this guy is able to create a little bit of separation. Not like he's wide open, but enough separation coverage isn't bad, but the receiver wins and the throw is exceptional. I feel like we could be saying that a lot against another elite Pac-12 quarterback and another Heisman finalist and Michael Penix. And you mentioned all those talented receivers too. It could be the same thing. Zamaya Vaughn, if you're talking about him, Miles Battle's starting to play well for Utah. JT Broughton, these guys have done a good job overall in the season. And Utah will get gashed for a big play in the passing game, give up a 20-yard pass a couple times throughout the season. But their defense holds strong. This is a team that has not given up. On the road, it's happened a few times where they've given up. It happened against Oregon State and USC on for road games in which they've given up more than two touchdowns. But, you know, even the USC game, right? Like, they held them under their average. And I don't expect – I Washington should have success, some success offense in this game. I would be surprised if you guys scored over 40 in this one. I just think when you look at the level that Utah plays at defensively, now the struggle will be for Utah is – can you talk it for 30? That's what we'll, we can talk about a little bit more in a second. But yeah, Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki on the back end. Who And we'll see how much we see Sione offensively, so that might hamper him a little bit. But these Utah corners are really going to have to play well. They have forced coverage sacks at times throughout the season, but 
This is the best passing attack they will have faced yet. They struggled against the Oregon one at times, so I am curious to see how they hang up there because Washington does have the advantage in that aspect. And I think one area, if we're looking at the other side of the ball, where Utah could have the advantage offensively is if they are able to run the ball. And I feel like Utah could have some success doing it. They have to play complimentary because you guys are going to load the box. We know that. There's no reason not to against Bryson Barnes in, this, in the passing offense that doesn't have Cam Rising in there. But I do think Utah will have success running the ball. I don't think they're going to gash the Huskies for like 300 yards on the ground, though. It's just going to be a complimentary approach. But how do you see the Utah offense faring against this Washington defense? I think that it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to find success at certain points. The one thing that mm-hmm. I'm really interested in is, as we know, a lot of base personnel has become four to five recently mm-hmm. and just that, that base nickel personnel. One yes. thing that, that Washington was almost forced into doing against Stanford a couple weeks ago was going with a, a more traditional base four, three look because they were mm-hmm. so thin at safety that they just needed to throw an extra linebacker out there. I'm kind of curious to see if that's just going to be the game plan. Cause you talked about putting six, seven, eight guys out there in a block and Washington, I think that they're more than willing to counter that. And it's not like they don't have the bodies at defensive back. Mm-hmm. I really like Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, he's played really well this season. Mish Powell at nickel has been fantastic. And he's a really, really good run defender too. Dom Hampton at safety is actually the team's leading tackler right now. And that dude plays like a linebacker at times. He just flies the football too. I love watching him play. Uh, but I think that the that's going to be my, my biggest question is if Washington does truly want to commit to stopping the run, put seven, eight guys in the box and just dare Bryson Barnes to beat them, what that's going to look like and what that's going to uh, just kind of, just kind of just say, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're just going to put all of our, our corners out on an Island and just kind of let them do their thing. Is that going to be the game plan? Cause I think that that's very possible. I think if Utah wants to win this game, they have to turn over Washington. And that'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that. If Utah wins the turnover battle, they put themselves in a stronger position. Now, the Washington offense is so good, they can easily overcome those turnovers. So even if you win the turnover battle two to nothing or something like that, you still might lose the game because you're still having to deal with Michael Penix and his passing attack. But you put yourself in a position to succeed because it is just hard to get off the field against this Washington defense. So it helps to be able to turn them over. And Utah has had success forcing fumbles, picking off quarterbacks. But that it's a lot harder to do that against a team that is a top five one in college football. And the last time Utah played a a top, I don't remember if Oregon was at the time a top ten team, but they, I mean, they were, they're a top yeah. ten team in college. They're a top ten team in college football. It, it yeah. didn't go in their favor. So we're going to be talking about who we think is just going to straight up win this game as well, and some of our kind of final predictions heading into this matchup in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about another one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Huskies in. Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projection and watch those winnings roll in. Prize Picks gives you the opportunity to make money on. If you guys think Steph Curry is going to have more than 29 points, Nikola Jokic will go for 10 rebounds. If you think Joe Burrow is going to have more than two passing touchdowns, Travis Kelsey more than 75 receiving yards, and PrizePix even allows you to mix and match with special uh, leagues editions where you can go for LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a combo of catch it receptions and three pointers made lots of great stuff available at prize picks. So make sure you guys head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Roman, coming back in to wrap this one up. 
Any other keys or matchups you think are really important to this game that we haven't hit on yet before we kind of give our final predictions and say who we think is going to win this game? Yeah, so I feel like it's the one we actually haven't talked about so far, and it's Washington's rushing attack against this Utah oh. rush defense because okay. we know that Utah can defend the run very, very well. Very good. But we have to keep in mind that Washington just had a phenomenal rushing day against my guy, yeah. Alex Grinch, and, and the USC <laughs> Trojans, where he ran for 256 yards and four touchdowns. Dylan Johnson just had the, the best day of his career and looked phenomenal. And while I don't think he can necessarily repeat that success against the Utes, I think that if Dylan Johnson can just kind of show that he is able to just, you know, provide a reliable option where he can get 80, 90, 100 yards a game, just somewhere in that range to just not necessarily take pressure off of Michael Penix, but just to kind of, the, the, the best word is just ease the load off of him and just make defenses think a little bit more about the rushing attack, which is something that you didn't necessarily see earlier on in the year where it was, oh, yeah, they're going to throw, 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 throw. And, oh, oh, they ran the ball. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but I, I think that's something where now that Dylan Johnson, he's had his two best games of the season in the two biggest moments. He ran for 100 yards for the first time this season against Oregon. And then for the second time this season against Utah. Or excuse me, not against Utah, against USC. So, you know, with, with that projection. that new existence, Roman. Let's just wait and see what happens. <laughs> don't don't start with this like, oh, you're already saying it's going to happen. Give my defensive credit, man. Hey, this is, this is, these are my bold predictions, man. This is just what I do. This is, this is, this is my favorite thing. Uh, but no, I, I think that Utah is going to do a good job of stopping the run. And if Dylan Johnson, former SEC back dude, who just loves mm -hmm. to just run after contact, if he's able to just, again, provide that reliable option where he's just going to make the defense think a little bit more about him, that's going to open up so much for Michael Penix in the passing game. And I do think you guys will have some success running the ball against Utah because of how good your offensive line is. One we talked earlier about best on best. I, th I think it goes back to that here where I think there will be an eight yard run, but there's also going to be those tackles for losses. And that's, what's nice to having Michael Penix being able to overcome that pretty easily whenever you in are in those second and log situations. So I think it's going to be a good battle. I'd be surprised if Johnson had over a hundred yards on the ground against Utah. I think his production will be much more akin to what Bucky Irving, did against Utah where he didn't rush for hundred yards, but the carries he did got, he was very effective, made some nice plays, had a couple of nice runs throughout that game too. That's the kind of game I'm expecting there because Utah run defense is really good. And I do expect them to have success, but Washington's offensive line is good too. So it's going to be a good back and forth battle there. Just like we're hoping this game is going to be a good back and forth battle. You have two top 20 teams here. You have, I, I've been mentioned best on best a couple times now, and I probably should come up with another word, but nothing's coming off the top of my mind. But this is the kind of game for me where I mentioned those NFL scouts. They're like, okay, Michael Penix, how are you going to do against this Utah defense that has been really good all season where we don't know. We mentioned the running game. We don't know what that's going to exactly look like. Are you going to be able to get it done against this kind of a defense? I think he absolutely will be able to, but it's a good test against a defense at this level. Can Utah continue to find ways win with Bryson Barnes? So many fun storylines and matchups. Roman, how does it all play out come Saturday in Husky Stadium? Ooh, that's there, there's so much to just to think about there too. Because one one thing that I that I, I come back to, and I, I know now that I say this, I'm gonna jinx it. Uh, are, are you aware of Kyle Whittingham's record against the Washington Huskies in his career? Mm, I'm probably, I, there's probably a reason I didn't look it up and it's been, uh, it, I know for a fact, I will say this, Roman, the stat I've loved to use on lockdown use for the past year has been Utah's home winning streak with fans in the stand. Their last loss before the Oregon one was in 2018 to Washington. So yep. I'm going to guess it's not great. What is it? It's not great. It's two and seven. Yeah. yeah like so it's. 
Yeah, it's 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 not pretty. The the, the last time these uh, these two teams matched up was in that COVID year. Uh, Washington had that that spectacular twenty one point comeback in the uh, in the second half. That was that was a fun game to watch. But I think that the the the, the biggest thing for me and what really is going to end up deciding this game is stopping the run. If Washington can stop the run, I think that this game could get out of hand. I don't believe that's going to happen, but with Washington's ability to just basically score at will at, at certain times of the yeah. game with that, the passing attack with everything they've shown they can unlock on the ground more recently. I think that if the Huskies are able to stop the run that they can, they can run away with this game. But however, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think the Huskies cover going into this weekend. I, I that's that would, that would be where I would, I would look to place my money just because I don't necessarily love that Utah offense matchup against the Husky defense. Yeah. And I think that, the the one thing that the Husky defense the numbers aren't great this year, but yeah, one thing, yeah. But the one thing you've been able to say about them week in and week out is when they've needed to make a play, they make that play. Mm-hmm. That's what's happened all season long. Look at look at the Caleb Williams sack right before halftime. That changed everything. That was the interception. Yep. At the the or the, the one sack against Oregon, the three fourth down stops in that game. Mm-hmm. They stepped up exactly when they needed to, and it's not great, but they've done enough. Roman, I want to know: Do you think Washington gets over forty against this Utah defense? I think it's possible. Okay, I, there you go. I, are you tipping the line? Tipping the line. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I I think that they definitely can, and it's yeah, just sure. it's the the one thing that my and it goes back to stopping the run again, where it if Utah is able to eat up some clock and extend some drives, no. But if not, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they absolutely can. They definitely can. I've been heaving a lot of praise on Michael Penix, Kalen DeBoer, Adunze, the Washington passing offense. And they got some playmakers on defense, as you listed too, just guys where even when you don't, okay, statistically wise, like you're giving up rushing yards and passing yards too. Like I just know in the biggest moments, you have players who are capable of making those game-changing plays. And this is a top five team for a reason. And Utah down so many guys. I'll run through the injuries really quick for you Washington fans uh, listening. Oh, please. So Utah's out. Cam Rising, Brant Keithy, and Thomas Yasmin. That's their one and two tight end. Utah started the season without their starting center. The backup's done in, and done a, a solid job there. They're down their second and fourth string running backs. Part of the reason they've now converted Sione Vaki, a safety, to come over and, uh, and be running back for them. Defensively, they're down Lander Barton, one of their really good linebackers. They have Levani Dumuni there, who's done a good job filling in for him and played well even before that. And you're down Logan Fano, who to start the year was your other starting defensive end. He might have, he would have been in the rotation. Not sure if he would have still been starting, but yeah, that's and even other guys who missed in time due to injuries early on in the season. So that's a lot of injuries. Yet here this Utah team is, continuing to find ways to win. And Utah should not win this game against Washington. And you even listed off the record that Kyle Whittingham has against. This is the last time Utah is going to play Washington for the foreseeable future. And it's going to be very hard for Utah to get a win. But I just don't feel right in my stomach betting against Kyle Whittingham. Maybe it's the fact that we're in November now, Roman, and we're getting closer to Christmas. So I want a little bit of an early Christmas present. <laughs> so I got my little Christmas Utah hat on right here. And I'm just feeling the love when it comes to Utah right now. I think Bryson Barnes has a really good game for Utah. I think he avoids turning it over. I don't think Utah will have a ton of 
a crazy game rushing the ball, but I think they'll do enough. And I think a lot of that is going to be because of Bryson with those tough runs. I think a couple turnovers in this game end up being the difference. And I am going to take Utah to squeak out a 24 to 23 victory over the Washington Huskies. Ooh, that's a low scoring game. I, 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 I want to give you one more stat before we get out of here. It's another coaching, sure. coaching record stat over Kalen DeBoer's time as a head coach. I want you to just guess. What do you think? And, and I'll, I'll give you the number too. 29 games. Over 29 games of his time as a head coach in the month of November, what do you think his record is? Oh, I heard he was really good. You, I'm listening to your show. You said he was really good in November, but I don't remember what you said record-wise. Yeah. I'll go he's only lost 29 games in November. I'm going to go he's like, mm, tw- only lost like four. Uh, try 28 and one after the win oh, last wow. week against USC. Yeah. Wow. He's that, that dude knows how to finish a season. It's going to be a fantastic yeah. battle of head coaches in this game. It absolutely will be. And going back to the point you made earlier about him potentially becoming the best coach in the PAC 12, Kyle Winningham needed a PAC 12 championship to be able to say that. I think if you look at what DeBoer is doing this year, if he can, if you go undefeated, and you do win the Pac-12 championship, I definitely think there's a case to say that about Kalen DeBar with the job he's done quickly turning around the Huskies and making them a contender. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's been a great one breaking it down with you, Roman, and uh, you guys do a great job over at Locked On Huskies. Appreciate you joining, uh, joining me for this Locked On crossover. JT, you're the man. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to hopefully do this again soon. Yes. Hey, you never know in this crazy world of college football, everything's changing and evolving. So make sure you guys keep it at Locked On Utes and Locked On Huskies as we'll be back with you on Friday for or, or another episode coming up soon as we continue to break down both of our teams. We'll see you then.